This is the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast on the WVSA Digital Network. From the Sport Pens International Studios in Charleston, West Virginia, here's your host, Marcus Cole. Welcome to the podcast. We have another great show on tap. Before we welcome our guests, I want to remind you to like, subscribe, and share our program. This helps us get the word out to others as we are providing valuable information designed for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents. With us for the first time on the program is Jason Hutchinson, State Referee Administrator, Idaho Soccer Referee Committee. Jason, welcome to the program. Good morning, Marcus. Thank you for having me. Now, before we jump into our subject, which is going to be talking about developing our youth referees and also trying to retain as many as we can, why don't you briefly tell us a little bit about your experience within the referee program in Idaho? Uh, My experience. So I took over as the state referee administrator approximately five years ago. Um, Have done my best to try to move it in a positive direction. Uh, We have a fantastic committee now that we really do have kind of a synergy of a lot of people on the same page going in the same direction. So I do think Idaho is in a better place and hopefully we'll continue in that direction. Um, we're, we're a smaller state, so resources are limited. You know, we don't have near the, the registration of some of the larger associations. So we have to get a little more creative there. Um, but I feel one, I guess, asset I bring to the table is from my experience on the national scene as a referee in my personal career, uh, a lot of the, the individuals that are referees of my generation are stepping off the field and into administrative roles and referee coaching roles and things like that. So I bring a, a really strong network of resources outside the state of Idaho that we can leverage as a smaller state and find skill sets that we don't have within the state. So it's a going in a positive way, but definitely still have work to do. Excellent. I love the I love hearing that uh, of now that, uh, you know, you bring all that wealth of experience from on the field referee and now you're bringing it into an administrative role. That is excellent. Um, Our subject today is talking about youth referees and their development. Um, Why don't we jump right into things and what do we need to be doing overall to help our youth referees, our young referees develop as referees? Well, I think that's the million dollar question. I mean, I have conversations with other referee committees and and association directors and leaders, and that's, that's always the question that comes up. A, how can we recruit more or attract more? And B, how can we keep him here longer to develop and be better referees? Um, so professionally, I work with a lot of small business owners as a business consultant and help them um, improve their marketing, drive more traffic, be a better business owner. And I think that same uh, conversation applies here. I think sometimes we, uh, to, to reference a book by Simon Sinek, the start with the why, I think we go about our message the wrong way. You know, we say, hey, we need, we need referees to have a game. If you love the game and you want to be a part of it, you know, come out, we can get you some money and you can be a soccer ref. And I think there's so much more to it than that. Um, if you really, as a young person, whether you're a teenager or even in your 20s or 30s, if you're looking at a part-time job, a side hustle, there really isn't a better one than being a soccer referee. Uh, you get to control your own schedule. I mean, anything more than two weeks out, you can say, you know, I want to break. I want to take a vacation. I want to go out with my friends. You block it. You, know, you get paid upwards of 20 plus dollars an hour which prior to this past year and a half of the labor market increasing was a really good rate. It's still a good rate, but numbers have, have started to come up off the bottom there a little bit. But the soccer refereeing was the fraternity I was never in in college. I mean, I have friends all over the country and even friends around the world now that were soccer referees that without this game, I wouldn't be friends with. So, I mean, there's just, there's so much more than just, hey, give back to soccer, help us, you know, help you. There's a skill set that any business in the world would love to hire kids that were 
better communicators, better problem solvers, more confident, conflict resolution. The, the sky's the limit. So I think sometimes we don't engage people properly. They just see it as a part-time job, like flipping burgers at McDonald's. And so after a year or after one bad experience, they're gone. They're, they're not invested in it at all. And I think if we approached it from a different angle and really showed what it can do for them and showed their parents what it could do for them, there might be a lot more commitment to more than one year. Hey, you're, you're a brand new soccer player. Great, let's teach you how to trap a ball and kick a ball. But by year four and five, we're gonna start talking about you know headers, winning possession, volleys. I mean, really start having fun formations and tactics that you don't even touch in the first year. And it's the same thing with referee. You're doing low-level games on your own. It's not a whole lot of fun in it. it. It can be, but really just across the board, it's not. The the skill level, the technical games, the fun games to ref, you don't really get the shot at until you have some experience and have a little bit under your belt to go do. So I think tweaking our message could definitely help in that attraction and recruiting, but also in the retention of just laying out up front, look, this isn't a one-year commitment. If you really want to have fun, if you want a part-time job that will help you travel around the country and go to regionals and go to these events outside our state, it's going to take a couple of years, but we're here. We'll help you develop and you can really have a lot of fun at this. I agree about the messaging. I think that's extremely important. You bring up so many good points on um, that. It's more than just a job. It's uh, um, I just got back into refereeing after being away for about five years. And um, my niche now is doing, under nine, under 10 matches. And I am having such a blast and enjoying myself working with these young kids. And, um, you know, cause they listen to you, which is great. <laughs> so from but, the administrator side in Idaho, I would, to answer that question, I mean, that was kind of my personal response. And that's where I'm trying to take our state is just tweaking our approach a little bit. But I think in a lot of them, not, this isn't a new concept. I think a lot of states are catching on to this, but mentoring is so paramount. You know, a lot of these, U12 and underage games are single referee. There aren't full crews. So a lot of these young individuals, 13 to 16, don't have the confidence. They don't really know what they're doing yet. And they get thrown out there on an island with arguably some of the most intense parents you're going to see in a U11, U12, U13 match. And there's just no support system. And so even you know, when, we, when we send our mentors out for new referees, it has nothing to do with train the next FIFA referee. It's literally be a cheerleader support them, show support, show someone cares. You know, you are empowered. If there's a problem with a person or a coach or anyone at that game, that mentor is empowered to step up and, and advocate for that youth individual. But it's really just connecting them with the community, making sure they don't feel like they're on an island. And nine times out of 10, if they do have a questionable experience, they're more apt to come back or they're more apt to reach out and ask for help because they have a sense that there's someone else that actually cares there rather than, you know, they got certified, they did their little class, and then they never saw another referee again. And so the minute something negative happens, they're gone. There's just no reason for them to stick around. We have a lot of issues retaining referees after the first year. Um, if I'm a soccer coach out there, what can I do uh, to help in the development of these young referees? I absolutely love this conversation. So because it goes right along with what they're trying to do as a coach. So as a coach with new referees, with new players, you have a certain expectation that is not perfection. There's no expectation of a brand new player being perfect by any means. You're looking for little steps, little strides, little improvements that starts to build upon and build a foundation. 
it's the same thing for a referee. It's always been mind blowing to me how we call this, you know, an imperfect game. It's a, it's an art form. It's just this beautiful thing. But then we demand perfection of referees. Like there's no latitude for a referee to make a mistake or have a different opinion, but yet we want that from players. We want them to be creative. We don't want them to be robots, but it's just a different expectation. So my, my comment to any coach would be a first year referee is just like a first year player and they're not going to be perfect. And we need to actually celebrate their mistakes because at least they made a decision. They didn't just stand there and, and give you a blank look. They made a decision. It may not have been right, but they were confident enough in the, the technical knowledge that they learned and in their skill set that they actually made a decision. So it's tough because as a culture, we unfortunately focus on the end and not the means. It's all about the win. It's all about justifying, you know, my salary or whatever that is, and not about actually developing the talent skill set. And so that's always going to be an uphill, uphill battle because new people are going to make mistakes. So if perfection is the demanded outcome, it's, it's a lose-lose situation. It's never going to happen. So my comment to a coach would just be offer them the same latitude and opportunity to grow and learn that you would expect for your players. You know, if you had parents that were showing up at practice screaming at your players the way that those parents show up and scream at the referees, you would never allow that in your practice because it's a toxic environment. And those kids are never going to learn anything. It's the same situation for referees. You know, allow them some latitude to learn and grow. And I think there's a big misconception in what they're actually taught. If the, the basic entry-level grassroots courts teaches so little in regards to the laws of the game. I mean, it's basic knowledge. It's basic free kick, ball out of play. There's no even conversation about tactical fouls, advantage, things that, that you hear yelled at U9, U10 games. Like, that's advantage. You got to let that play. The referees never even heard that term before. So the, just understanding what these people have been taught might offer them a better expectation of what they might see on the field. Do you think that goes the same advice goes to parents as well, or is it a little bit different for them? Um, <laughs> so I had an epiphany as a spectator in other sports years ago that I was one of the problem fans. And it was, wow, I, I would never allow this to happen in a game that I'm the official in. So why am I doing it? in a different arena where I'm not the official. Ultimately, you want the best experience for your child. And, and what a lot of people don't understand is kids acquire more things from being caught, not taught. And so as the kids watch the parents react and watch the parents have this unreasonable expectation and project all failure on someone else and never take any ownership or responsibility for it, the kids have that same approach. So allowing some imperfection, being there and supporting your child, giving them a positive environment to learn in is the best thing for everyone. And whether they like it or not, that referee is someone else's kid as well. So offer that young individual the same opportunity they expect for their kids. And, and that brings me into my next point. Um, obviously, these referees, young referees have parents. And what can these parents of these young referees do to help encourage them to stay in the game, because I think that the parents of the of the referee play such an important part in keeping them in the game. So I, this is a two part answer. I think one of the realizations. So you mentioned you know first year attrition rate, and I would challenge anyone who's having that conversation to do as much as they can to go back to their assigners and get data on how many games these people are actually working. 
Because I think one of the big realizations that happen is a lot of young people, they want to get a job, they want to make some money, they become a referee, you know, maybe they're a player, so it's an easy avenue for them to find a part-time job. But then the reality hits of no transportation, a practice schedule, a school schedule. I mean, they're already levered to the hilt on their schedule. So the reality is, is they have no time to ref. I mean, they meant well, they wanted to do it, but when rubber met the road, they, they can't do it. And so I think that's a realization. So I would challenge parents to have that conversation with their kids of, look, if you want to do this, there needs to be some level of commitment because it's going to take some time. But I think switching back to the message I was talking about of shifting how we approach refereeing, this goes all the way up the ladder. This is definitely a conversation parents can have with children, but it's every referee coach with referee, every administrator, every person can have this conversation. I would argue we would have substantially better referees if we had this conversation. And what I'm leading to is focus on the skill sets that make a referee a good referee. Like we talked about the communication, you know, the, the conflict resolution, the negotiating, don't be a, a win-lose negotiator, be a win-win. How can we work together? Because arguably any referee in their career at some point is going to end up on a match that's over their head. If they're, if they're wanting to develop, even if they're not, they're going to get thrown on a match that they're over their head. And so if we focus on teaching them and training them how to negotiate, how to communicate, how to work with others, how to, you know, approach things as a win-win, they have a better chance of coming out of that match as a success, even if the, the level of play is massively above where they're at. And so the same conversation goes to a parent. They, you know, your child's engaged in this. They want to do this. Well, ultimately, they're going to have a better chance and enjoy it more and be more confident if you help them in the skill set. They're going to need to do it. Help them communicate. Help them understand how to you know, conflict resolute. But the one big factor that we really just can't change and one of the reasons it's so detrimental to the referee community to have such a massive number of referees under the age of 18 is thus far in their life they have been in an environment and in a relationship with adults that the adult is always the authority figure and they're always the person taking instruction and when they become a youth referee that flips on its head and now they're supposed to be the authoritative and they're supposed to be telling an, you know, an adult, you're out of line, you need to calm down, you need to act differently. And that's something they've never had to do or ever been trained how to do. So just simply having a conversation about what's an acceptable way to interact with that, what are some skill sets they can do to make it through that interaction, I think would help massively because you don't want to undermine that and all of a sudden have you know, a community of teenagers that are just the world's at their fingertips and they don't listen to anyone. I don't think you would have that. But it's just a complete different dynamic than these kids have ever been in, and they don't know how to do it. We're speaking with Jason Hutchinson, State Referee Administrator, Idaho Soccer Referee Committee, as we wrap things up here on the podcast. If we have a young person that's listening to this podcast right now that's interested in becoming a referee, what advice would you give them? My, my advice is it's, it's what I started with. It's the greatest part-time job you could ever have that the skills you're going to learn, the community you're going to get to be a part of, the fun you're going to have, it's, it's unmatched in any other thing you're going to find to spend your time doing. Um, you're going to enjoy yourself. You're going to get paid to do it. You're going to make friends with people that may not even be in your town or your state. They could be around you know, the United States or the world. So it really is a massive opportunity for you to grow as a person and have fun doing it and make some money to, to you know, go towards whatever venture you're wanting to. But it really 
whether you're 15 or 50, it's the best part-time job you could have. I agree a million percent. Jason Hutchinson, State Referee Administrator, Idaho Soccer Referee Committee. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, Marcus. All the best. And thank you for listening to the show. Remember, make sure you like, subscribe, and share our program, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast. You can catch a brand new episode every Thursday morning here on the WVSA Digital Network or find us on our social media platforms at WV Soccer. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved.